welcome to episode 57 of the Talking Toro podcast. Uh, in the last episode, there was a little bit of discussion where Peter and I sort of discussed the, the merits of potentially boycotting this derby. Um, I think by the end of the game, I think the majority of Torino fans wish, they, wish they'd had the same idea as well. A um, disappointing 2-0 defeat. Um, zero chances, really. Never really looked like we were going to win the game against, I think, what people would probably describe as one of the worst starting lineups that, that Juventus have, have, have put put out in the derby in, in a good few years. So um yeah there's a there's a positive opening to a pod if there ever was one. The first time listeners I apologize, but um Peter, thoughts on the derby? Right. You you and Urbana have got a lot in common because you just used the word disappointing. And Cairo said uh, on Monday he was deluso. I mean, I was Deluso with my eight-year-old daughter for refusing to go on a school trip this morning. Deluso is uh, it's not really the right word for uh, how Torino fans feel like Urbano and an incazzato or furioso. It would have been much better. Um, yeah, raging, Rob. I mean, last week I said I was thinking of boycotting the derby. I I saw you'd had a few beers in the afternoon on, on Saturday to, to kind of take your mind off it. I I went for a bike ride. I actually got home much later than I, well, like 10 minutes to kick off or 10 minutes to the, yeah, 10 minutes to kick off, but you know, 20 minutes before it was going to be live on telly anyway. And um, uh, you and I agreed that we're doing, whenever we win a derby or whenever when that day will happen, we'll do an emergency pod. So I, on Friday, I was like, should I take my headphones home just in case it's an emergency pod? I was like, yeah, I'd almost rather the inconvenience of having to come into the office mm. on the Saturday to pick up my headphones rather than jinx it. But no, I took the headphones home. I was walking so home. So it's your fault. It's my fault. Yeah, <laughs> and I was walk, walking home on Friday, and I was like, oh, you know, it's always the same pattern with the derby. Twenty four hours before we start, thinking it is possible. Yeah, the Juventus team's not looking good. Uh, then you get the videos of the the night before the ultras. Uh, you know, giving them. Um, giving the energy to the team. I was a bit, yeah, I was always a bit distracted on Saturday thinking about it. But then, I don't know, I think within about four minutes of watching that, kind of realised, you kind of realised how it was going to go. Two very bad teams. I'll, I'll read you my tweets after after the game and I'll let you, <laughs> you can just say yes or no if you agree with them. Because sometimes you've got you to gotta own, you got to own what you say. So this is what I said. Okay. Hands down, the worst Juve lineup in a derby I can remember, and yet, would you agree with that? I can't remember a worse Juve lineup, even no, when they just come up from Serie yeah, B. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking about the Serie B days, but yeah, I'd imagine it would have still would have been stronger than that that start eleven. So yeah, that, I'd say that was that's a that's a fair comment. Okay, um, was convinced not to boycott it, but at two 0 I had to turn it off. So I I watched about. I watched from 15 minutes in, which is when it, the game started in the UK, through to when, as soon as Milik's uh, header nestled in the back of the net, I was off, done. Um, worst of all, Akaro derbies, and that says a lot. Would you agree with that? Worst of all, Akaro derbies. I think it's it's definitely up there in terms of performances. I'm trying to just remember some other ones. There was a Coppa Italia one. Was there a 4 0 Coppa Italia one where um, Zaza celebrates in front of Vichazzo? I can remember that one being pretty bad, but uh, in terms of league derbies, yeah, definitely. I, I could, I can't think of any worse ones. Even in the, even in the sort of Gianpaolo, we we put on a little bit more of a, a display. 
Jam Palo, we went there and I think we outplayed them for 80 minutes from. Yeah, the was that the, the, Nkulu, the one where Nkulu yeah. scored? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's a fair comment as well. Uh, next one, uh, Urich in total confusion. Team has stopped playing football. Can't do the basics. The vast majority of players out of form. Yeah, don't, no disagreements with that. I think the, you've got Urich after the game just looks like, that I can't even describe it. He, he seems just a bit shell-shocked, confused, can't be bothered. I'm not sure which one of the which one of those words it is, but he he's definitely not the same coach who we, we sort of hired two and a bit years ago. Uh Dembezek is not a footballer. Dembezek is not a footballer. Did you repeat it? <laughs> Dembezek is not a footballer. <laughs> no, no. Uh, no, I was I was checking whether you said it twice on the tweet. Um yeah. Um I think that it might be about time to sort of sort of call call time on the Dembasek experiment. He is well, he he shouldn't be starting a game for Torino. He should maybe be a fourth choice option against maybe a lower a lower team as that sort of unpredictable option. But if you need a little bit of creativity, um, consistency, these are not words that that spring to mind when you think of Dembasek. Chaos, yes, but but not not the other c words. There is another C word you could use, but I'm not going to use that one. Uh, this was a match for a cat for a Carol Linetti, who doesn't have form to lose. Uh, and Tony Sanabra and perhaps Jan Karim. I'd rather have Blanka Vlasic than this Nikola Vlasic. Just to clarify, Blanka Vlasic is Olympic champion. Um, yeah. You don't what, have to agree with, you, you what, to agree what, with what sport does his sister play? Uh, uh, she's a pole vault. Is she a pole vault to Blanka pole Vlasic? Vault. Let me have a look. Uh, Anyway, you know, and, and I'm not sure you play pole vault, but <laughs> I might yeah. be wrong on that. It's definitely a field event. Uh, uh, high jump, sorry, high, high jump. jump, high jump. Yeah. There you go. Probably, we probably, probably be sort of. She could teach him some lessons in trying to sort of how to to sort of leap in the air and get get his head on some set pieces and not leave uh, Arcadius Millick unmarked. But probably wasn't the probably wasn't the person who's supposed to be marking him. Um, then been a long run of derbies with barely a card, barely a bad foul, zero tension. Cairo has transmitted mediocrity, and there's been a lot of derbies where, quite frankly, the Juve players wanted more. I thought, I thought certain ones of their players showed showed more aggression. I, th- I thought first half they both teams were awful. Like there was, uh, two, nothing, two crap there was teams, no, yeah. yeah, nothing, nothing between them. I, I, I think it, it's interesting. The frustration I think is in both the goals are so avoidable set pieces. If it's a moment of quality, then you can sort of hold your hands up or whatever. But there wasn't really any quality on the pitch, so it was always going to be the mistake or just just people switching off. And to concede from two, I mean, the first the first set piece is is awful. Uh, I thought we'd been reprieved with the offside, but I think yeah, the right decisions made because obviously Tomeza makes a play at the ball. Um, Tomeza did look uh, out of all the players. I think he's probably one who's maybe got the most sort of excuses that you could you could put aside for him because obviously he's playing in a position that isn't his own. Uh, but he he did look all at sea and you can sort of that's probably why you don't pit, put a player out of position in such an important game, uh, even if it means changing the system. Um or or again, Sazanov was on the bench, what sort of fitness did he have? Why was he even in the squad if there was no possibility of even playing sort of an hour or something? You could have almost bought him at half time, started him, saw how it went. Um and yeah, I, I think that's that's where the frustration lies. Where the 
if they'd not scored that goal, you could I could have envisaged a, a reality where the game was so bad it's been to maybe eighty minutes, and then just a counter attack, just a mo- like Juve in front of their home fans would have gone for for a little bit more. We could have sat back. It wouldn't have been a pretty derby win, but I don't think we'd have cared if we'd scored in the sort of 89th minute. Like I'd mentioned about the, the Moretti winner at the San Siro, got absolutely battered and then scored for the last kick of the game. Had we done that in a derby, nobody's going to care. All right, yeah, we'll come, we'll come on a little bit more to, to to what you said and say, I'll just finish the last one because it's probably the most loaded one. So my last one was Urich out for me, by which I meant that wasn't just me. Uh, that wasn't just me uh, firing it off on Saturday night. It was... In the modern football, when a coach, when you see a kind of decline of a team or a decline of a coach's plan, it's very hard for them to recover it. So while I say in Juric out for me, it's not necessarily I want to see him go per se, although in that moment possibly, it's just I don't, I don't really see him clawing this back. Not with the contractual situation. Not with seems a bit of a beaten man. Seems to be quite a lot of flaws in. Uh, the way this side has been constructed, but it's been constructed to his vision. He this a lot of this is on him. Nikola Vlasic signings on him. Ilich signings on him. Um, keeping uh, certain other players is on him. This is more the team that's been moulded for him. So, um, so yeah, there's a few kind of, I guess there's a few architects of the situation. Toro, in should we start? Should we start with Juric? Um I- What's your feeling? I think there probably needs to be um, a decision made on the contract situation either way. I think actually, if we do if we do back Eurich and the project, I think it, my, my concern in terms of changing the manager is there is no alternative to that. I think I sent you a, a, a screenshot of all the available sort of Italian managers um, out there because of the way that sort of Italian football works as well. That you can't just go and poach a manager who's already at another club. You you basically can't can't have more than one job in a season, so we couldn't just go and get um, Dionisi from Sassuolo or something like that. But he would just wouldn't even if he left the job, he couldn't become Torino manager until next season. So you're on a, in this sort of this is probably why you get so many sort of just random managers continue to get jobs in in Italian football. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the unemployed managers in uh, Italian managers, I, I only. I know Juric obviously is an Italian, but spent a lot of his career in Italy. I just can't see us going and going totally left field and getting a sort of a Graham Potter or, or a God forbid, a Frank Lampard. Scott um, Parker, <laughs> um, European journey. Um, Scott Parker continues. Um, but yeah, that's that's sort of that's. I just I don't see that happening. So I think we've got to either make a decision as to do we almost give him a, another year um, and say, okay, now you've got a little bit longer to sort of continue. Or have that conversation. We're like, yeah, it's not working out. I think it's too early to make that decision. I think after January would be the better time to do that. Juric, I don't think we're going to get relegated. I know a few people have sort of suggested that they've not seen many teams worse than us. But I mean, I remember the Salernitana game, which wasn't more was no more than a month ago, um, where we absolutely sort of annihilated the team. There, there were much worse teams than us in this league. Um, we have got players out of form. Um, I think a conversation maybe for January, depending on how we're doing as to whether we get Eurich to sign under the contract. If he doesn't sign under the contract and we're sort of nowhere, I would be tempted to actually just get rid of him and just sort of have, even if it's just a, um, a stopgap until the end of the season, there's no point in just continually just sort of, sort of 
sailing by with, with Juric, if there's if there's no motivation of getting into eighth place, give it an opportunity, even to a Nicola or somebody again, and be like, well, we've got a better squad than you had last time. You can get us to to the sort of European places, then we can talk. But um, I think that's the I think the the issue is the the lack of form of the players. The 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 thing is as well that this squad is set up for Juric's style of play. You've got I know a lot of them are injured at the moment, but you've got the the centre backs. You've got probably too many to play any other formation. Should they all be fit? You've got strikers. You've got the wingers. Um, you've got the fullbacks. Like you, you are going to just if you just get, give that to a random coach. I don't think they're going to do any better than what Urich can do. And um, we've got the international break. Maybe we can sort of. I know a lot of players will be on international duty, but you look, it, it turns out that everything went wrong since Bongiorno got injured. We went, we went into the game against Lazio on a, a big high. We won in Salerno. Uh, we drawn against Roma, which looked like a good result at the time, but potentially it wasn't. Um, started the game against Lazio quite well. Bongiorno gets injured, and then we've we put together three really poor uh, performances, three uh, defeats, um, and yeah, just a, a little bit concerning now. But it's not even three defeats, is it? It's <laughs> two defeats and a draw. Feels like feet. Yeah, the, yeah. the hell astral field. But, but again, we haven't scored a goal. We haven't we haven't scored a goal since that since um obviously Zapata's header and 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 that's the concern that we just didn't even look like scoring a goal and and that's something we desperately need to sort of try and sort out before the end of the season. Well we're not having shots. We haven't had a shot and goal in three matches, probably being a bit exaggerated, but barely had a shot and goal in three matches. The issue with Urich the big is just so dogmatic to this three four one two, um, or three four two one. Sorry, and there's a lot of I brought up to go into four at the back um, last week, which isn't going to happen. Um, maybe shouldn't happen, but my point was it's time for a change. There's yeah, a lot in, of- in a in a situation like the derby, sorry to interrupt there, but in a situation where the derby where we didn't wouldn't have a natural sort of third centre-back, then that's the perfect opportunity for that to happen. If that doesn't happen, then it it, it will never happen. Yeah, no, but the talk now is that there's a, well, there's a lot of kind of people saying you should go to 3-5-2 in that that would allow you to play Sanabria and Zapata. I think Sanabria has to play at the moment. I mean, not expensive Zapata, but I think it's worth trying uh, because we'll come on to the Trey Quartistas in a minute. All four of them, for various reasons, are either out of form or out of favour. Um, that would allow you to play Bellanova probably in a more natural uh, attacking position. You would have the issue a little bit at the left side that we still don't have a flying left wing back. But it would also allow you to, if Illich and Ritchie is not working as a two, it would allow you also to uh, play Alinetti or Tamezi in there to, to allow one of them to play a bit deeper and one of them a bit further forward or to play Vlasic in there. Because I, I don't know when Nikola, I don't know when Nikola Vlasic plays in in, in all seriousness. It's not a Trey Quartista. and um, and yeah. So and then you got the, the issue with centre backs. If the if if three if four of them are fit or three of them are fit, you've got a reasonably good defence. And the other issue that came out of the derby that like in all of this we've been talking for uh, nearly twenty minutes, and Vanya Milinkovic Savic cost us the derby. We the best we could have aspired to that derby was a nil nil. We weren't we were crap. We weren't going to create a chance. Yes, you can always get lucky, but um, we wouldn't have deserved to win it. We weren't playing to win it. Um, but he just 
he gets really overconfident. I mean, his great quality is nothing phases him. And like that first goal, a mistake does not phase him. He's just he just gets on with it, and he's he's probably not a great uh, trait to have. In a in a way, it is, yeah. but in a but in a, in a way, it's almost like he's sort of almost forgotten that he just made the same mistake ten minutes earlier. Yeah, yeah, and it's just um, two massive mistakes, and then Juric again. Like the one, the he's been the poster boy of the Urich era. Really, he's been the player who's been um, a starter in pretty much in all. Th- there's that time when Borussia came in, but for all three seasons, he's like Urich is back. This guy, and this guy, uh, he's not the only reason we, we lost that derby. But as you said, Juventus weren't creating anything, and it wasn't going to get better for Juventus because they didn't have a lot on the bench. And um, there was yeah, there was, so the, there the, was a. Mo- the fate- yeah, sorry, sorry again, but there was a moment in the first half where he, it was it was a corner and he came out and claimed it, and I'm not sure whether that sort of gave him this confidence. I was like, oh, this is how I'm going to deal with these set pieces. It's, set pieces haven't really been particularly an issue for Torino in in seasons gone by. So why he felt that need to maybe it's because Bongiorno wasn't there and he's maybe one of the defenders who may might make that first contact at set piece, but just had this idea that he had to. The only way that we were going to be able to defend these corners was him him coming out to claim them. I agree. And and the other thing that's happened tactically is we brought in Zapata. We've kind of stopped playing football. Uh, we've got, no, as I said last week, we've got no one near him. And we kind of almost become relying on on playing him long balls, which again goes into my point of putting Sanabria near him, playing the wing, uh, wing backs higher up and reinforcing that midfield. Because I, I shared a tweet. There's a tweet by a guy who tweets a lot of good stuff on Twitter. I think it's called Andrea Dalmaso. He tweeted tweeted the list of Trey Quartistas in each of the non-top six teams, I think. And he just put it out for argument and said, where would where would you rank the Torino ones? And most of it came back that actually most teams have at least one Trey Quartista that walk into our team, even um, even teams towards the bottom half of the table. So I don't know, I think of someone like Lecce with Strafezza maybe. And most, I know people are being quite negative, but people, a lot of people came back and put Torino, like not many teams clearly have a worse group of three quartistas and I know we're kind of being at the beginning of the season you can look at it positively but just I mean just to go again Den Bissek has not scored or assisted in 30 games for Torino Jan Caramo I've got a soft spot for but he's a for me he's a bit of a wild card player that you, you can throw on you can you you can't you wouldn't want to start him for 38 games a season and expect to finish eighth probably but I think he does he does have an end product uh, Nikola Vlasic, we talked about, is out of form. And Nemanja Radonjic, I've said it time and again, he's good in certain games, but again, massively inconsistent. Um, and and has this love-hate relationship with Juric where he, he's our top scorer, uh, has a bit of a hissy fit coming off the pitch against uh, Las Farina, isn't even in the squad, even though the game's sort of like four or five days later. You would have thought there'd be enough time to have that conversation. Um, I I just don't I I do understand it. one side of it you got to discipline a player for that, but I can also he had been bad, but in the game against Hellas, but you've got to give somebody more. Like he's given Vlasic so many opportunities, he's given Sex so many opportunities. I don't think they they were any worse than uh, Radonjic. It's sort of they they they've been that bad as Radonjic. I think Radonjic maybe is an easy scapegoat to blame when things aren't going right. Um, as he's done in the derby before by substituting him. 
I just think you're cutting off your nose to spite your face a little bit where he would have been that one player who could just provide, he, who has some element of form. He has, yeah, it might not have been great in the last game, but sort of earned his two points in the in the win against Genoa. Uh, almost should have, potentially could have scored four goals in, uh, against Salernitana. Um, yeah, it seems like that's a little bit unfair that he continues. It seems to be the player who can be sort of punished just because he's got a little bit of a, an attitude problem. But would you say, I mean, Juric football relies heavily on those players being good. Um, and they're I not think, at the moment, are they? Um, I think the depressing thing here is that this list still continues to have Atalanta and Fiorentina as being sides who are sort of on par with Torino. I think we've got to sort of give up that illusion um, and you've got to discount those sides. So if you if you look at everybody else, Bologna, you've got Orsolini, Ferguson, would would both would walk into Torino's teams. I saw only got Berardi and uh, Loriente, who we almost we were close to signing. Uh, Udinese again, Pereira. Pereira did, did he end up going back? Um, he went back, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's a bit embarrassing. Um, Madic and uh, Del, uh, yeah, and Delafay, Delafay, Winter, yeah, um, yeah, and then you've got. It, you wouldn't say I wouldn't say Torino's were in the if you take out Atalanta and Fiorentina, Torino still aren't in the top three of those sort of provincial sides who have got um a like who who've got that the, those options. I think the thing to remember is like Torino have got four options. Uh you look at even just the Frosinone, they've got six. It's even just that lack of depth that that seems to really be striking. Um Genoa have put a little bit I mean, Malinowski and Maceus, both two players who linked to Torino, again, on the wrong end of their career, but I'd take either of those over sec, at least have that, that little bit of consistency. I completely agree. And I think if Juric does abandon the Trey Quartista plan, at least until January, I think Vlasic can still play in a 3-5-2. I think Karamo could play as a, as a second striker. Um, I don't know about Radonjic so much or sec, but I think it's worth trying. I think I think Redonich could I mean I I made the the point I think on when he signed that he played previously as a left wing back in some of his previous clubs. I'm not sure we could trust him to do that, but in a in a um three five two where he's playing almost as a winger, um I think if he he, he I wouldn't be surprised to see that because he, he had this spell last season as well when he sort of fell out of favour. He then comes back and he's re-energised and he's going, I'm going to prove everybody wrong and then had a really good end to the season. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back and actually, again, be one of our star players up until January at least. Um, but yeah, a, a conversation needs to be had in terms of things aren't working. It, it's it, Part of me is thinking, have we overreacted a little bit? If you think that this time, sort of three weeks ago, things were quite optimistic, we'd... We've won again. We'd won two games in a row. We were going to go into the Roma game to win three in a row for the first time since 2019. Played quite well. Um, I know we've put three poor performances back together, but things form can form and football can change so quickly. It just takes one good performance, one win against Inter or something, and then we go to Lecce where where we did quite well last season, and we're looking back up the table again. It's it's. I'm not super super concerned. I think my concern with the with the Euro situation is if there's no if there's no idea that, that this is going to continue after this season, then are we just wasting it? Are we wasting this season? Are we wasting these players because some of them might not be here next season. 
do we even just even in January just try and make sure we get enough points that we're going to stay up and almost start that rebuild process and have an idea of where we want to go uh, in the next season? Because we spent far too much money just to be sort of 12th, 13th, 14th. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we've won one game this season. We beat Salernitana. I think Genoa was effectively a nil-nil where a, a little bit of magic. I know we won the game, but I think effectively we've drawn off, pretty much drawn off four home games and three of them um, nil-nil. So... It's been, and then even in the Coppa Italia against Ferro Pizzolo, we we needed a great goal from Milic towards the end. Uh, so the trend, the trend for me has not been great. I was just also there's that derby. The picture was a picture doing rounds after this derby of the Bellotti knee slide after um, the one one draw two seasons ago, and it, it's not to talk about that. But I was just I went back and looked at that, the team that started that game because we've got this tendency to say, oh, the team. Is much stronger now in Europe's third season than the first season. But uh, the team that started that game was Vanya, Gigi, Bremer, Rodriguez, Singo, Mandragora, Lukic, Voivoda, Brekolo, Pobega, and Bellotti. Um, what that team has, it feels it has a lot more of a backbone and uh, and leadership than than this team, which is a, a, another kind of concern for me. I know we always said Sasa Lukic, we always felt was. I think probably quite similar to Rich, uh, Richie in terms of character, but I think that like with having Pobega, Mandragora, even Bremer became a lot more of a leader in that last season, and and, and Bellotti, there was yeah, and even Brekolo just has was a very frustrating player, a bit like Moranchuk, but just had kind of guile at this team. We don't just have that player in this team. I think the biggest difference in that in that first year of Juric's team to this one is completely you always back them to score goals. You always felt that they were going to create chances, and uh, had Bellotti been in a little bit better form, Salabria been better form, I think we would have scored even more goals than we did in that season. This team, yeah, we're not. I think you said it. We didn't really create. We haven't created a chance. We didn't really create many against Roma, to be honest. Um, so we are sort of very reliant on there being one moment or two moments a game where we need to score otherwise we're not going to score at all um just quickly just just looking back on onto that previous point and and sort of tying it in with another thing about our away form so our away form last season was was really good one of, i think our best sort of form or, or amount of wins away from home since the three points for a win era um we actually did lose three games in a in a row away from home last season, and then didn't lose another game uh, away for the the rest of the season. I'm not saying that that is going to happen. Um, I hope it does. But yeah, we, so we lost the the Coppa Italia game against Fiorentina, lost against Milan, lost against Juve, and then we didn't lose again um, until the end of the season. Um, if you just look at our away for uh, away from really what sort of kept us in that run for for European football last year. Look at our, our away games coming up. We've got Lecce, Monza, Bologna, Frosinone. Um, not great reading for people who are going to a home game in the next couple of months, but th- there is that idea that, that they are our winnable games. They're the ones that we can target. And that might be the way that we sort of find this old Torino back in, in terms of the away games this season have been quite tough in Milan and Juve. Um, and Lazio probably wouldn't have expected many points there anyway. Um, so I'm I'm going to try and end it on a little bit of an optimistic note and just say, obviously, we've got a tough game coming up after the international break, but the games after that become a lot easier. Um, and maybe that's our way to sort of 
rescue this season because it's already looking like Europe's going to be quite a tough ask given given the form of, of Fiorentina. Love your optimism. I'll end this section. I read something from one of the supporters clubs about the derby. So uh, just going to try and yeah translate this quickly. But one of the, I think one of the heads of one of the supporter groups said the derby for us Torino fans represents the match where our values come out, uh, Grinta, determination, pride. Um, unfortunately, for a number of years, this hasn't happened. And I'll just say for a number of years, it's, they've been limp, scared, clueless and resigned. And again, we talked a lot about Juric, but this is all on Urbano Cairo's watch. And for me, for me, Torino FC is increasingly becoming a very good museum and and not a very credible football team. Um, I know it's a, bit, it's a slightly negative pod, Rob, but and um, yeah, sometimes I think we're going to we're going to tell it like it is, and we can be fickle in a couple of weeks' time, a couple of good results. But I think there's, I think, that, yeah, I think there's been enough this season to make certain kind of conclusions already so I, th- I think just to, just go back to the Cairo point I've probably been one of the I wouldn't say I'm a big Cairo supporter but I'm not definitely not his biggest detractor that there is amongst Torino fans and I, I've, I think I've made my, my points for this uh, quite clear on previous pods but I do fully understand what what are the Torino fans and um, why they have this um, sort of antagonism against him and um, because obviously I'm in the situation where I only supported Torino when they were a Serie B club. I've only ever known Torino as, as this sort of mid-table at best uh, team. Uh, so I understand those frustrations. Um, but there can't be many football clubs in Europe who've had the same ownership for nearly 20 years. Um, and whether it, I just think maybe it's time for a change and, and it to be almost be quite a sort of fluid and sort of um, change where if there is somebody who out there who wants to sort of invest, put that money in, uh, try and do a better job, whether we can have that sort of dialogue, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Torino aren't a particularly that's one of the main sort of detractions, uh, detractors about the car in as well. He hasn't really made us a particularly uh, appetizing prospect to invest in either. I uh, don't own the stadium, and um, yeah, <laughs> and the less said about our training facilities, the better. All right, we'll, we'll carry on a bit. Um, we'll do a very short inter-preview. I think you and I don't have a lot much energy left to talk about Toro. Um, but let's do a Toropedia. Let's be positive. See if you can get three in a row, like Toro have got three three scoreless matches. Um, all right, I'm going to give you, not the years, but I'm going to give you the clubs, apps and goals. Are you ready, Robert? I'm ready. I'm confident in you. I believe in you. Okay. Okay, Roma, 55-6. Loan to Pisa, 23-8. Back to Roma, uh, parent club, 2-0. Roma opponent moved to Cagliari, 144 appearances, 58 goals. On to Udinese, 103 appearances, 39 goals. Made the move back to Rome, but to Lazio. 39 appearances, four goals. On to Torino, 57 appearances, 10 goals. That 57 appearances, Seven. 10 goals. Yeah. And then finished his career at Padova, 23 appearances, four goals. How are you feeling about that one? You need any of it repeated? No, I think I'm okay. Um, I have a guess. All right, we'll, I have a uh, guess. We'll uh, 
we'll come back shortly for a little guess at that one. Um, yeah, so I don't know if we've cheered anyone up this week, Robert, but uh, I think we might have done the opposite. <laughs> we'll be back. We're back after our little interlude. We'll uh, we'll have a quick look ahead at Inter, and then yeah, may maybe a little bit on um, what Juric might do differently. Um, I think you'll still be the coach. I think if he was going to go, it would have happened by now. So, um, see you on the other side. I'll see you then. Piove il pallone, poi il colpo di testa di Giordi Moretti, il Torino passa in vantaggio a 10 secondi dalla fine e va ormai vicinissimo, una clamorosa vittoria, tutti ad abbracciare Moretti all'ultimo calcio d'angolo, passa il Torino. Welcome back to the cheerful episode 57 of Talking Torah. The only cheerful thing is we'll, we'll have a week's break uh, next week. Um, Rob... Torapedia, I'm I'm confident in you. I believe in you. I think it's going to be three in a row for you. I think you're going to pull it back to 5-3 for the season. Um, Who do you think it was? What is? I think I may have potentially mentioned this player as a a guess on a a previous Torapedia. I know it's a player that you... Well, my guess is whether this is correct or not that you quite quite like Stuart and spell it, Torino. I know he definitely... Started his career at Roma, I believe. Had a spell at Udinese, I think. I just don't remember the Cagliari um, spell where obviously he was on fire with 58 goals. Um, is it Roberto Muzzi? Muzzi, Muzzi, Muzzi goal. Yeah, uh, it's Muzzi. Um, yeah, I thought I didn't do the years because I thought it might it might help you, but yeah, Muzzi was. Um... A little ball of Roman rage. Uh, I talked about uh, um, our friend Barusa having big thighs. I mean, Rutsi certainly had tight shorts. Um, I'd forgotten he he went to he was at Lazio. He won the Coppa Italia against Juventus for Lazio. Played in both legs uh, about a year before he joined Torino. So yeah, he was um, he was very good in our promotion season. He could be quite frustrated. He would do stupid things like get very silly red and yellow cards, but. Um, and I actually think in that season we came up, although he didn't score many goals, I think he he was kind of, yeah, he kind of helped the team get over the line. Um, but yeah, three Is in it, a row. Yeah. Maybe, again, not able to talk too much about that that season where we got promoted, but obviously with the young Alessandro Rosina coming through, maybe having somebody of experience in Mutsi probably there, probably would have helped. No, definitely. No, he was uh, Stelloni and Mutsi and, and Rosina were kind of, when they're all fit, we're all very good. And actually, I saw Torino just did, they're uh, talking of Rosina, they did, a. I saw an Instagram post today. I think, is it the 10th for the 10th? Is it? Oh, it was yesterday. It must have been for the 10th for the 10th. They did, um, did a post of t- great Torino number 10s and then they put Nemanja Radonjic in it. <laughs> Which, if, if nothing else, is a little premature. But yeah, so Rosina was, uh, I thought of you, because I know you're a big Rosina fan. Who is, um, Who's that number 10 last season? Because we've done it. Took- Lukic. Sass- was it Sassi oh, Lukic? Yeah, yeah, it's Lukic. Yeah, yeah so we're, I, think- I mean, that's probably another good question, actually. When was last time Torino had a good number 10? It probably is Rosina. I think we've had a lot yeah, of players. Leic yeah, was 10. Le- yeah, Leic was in, in, the, uh, in, in the little photo gallery. But yeah, we've had a lot of players who've just been even not number 10s or have been a bit bold taking the number 10. Um, yeah. So yeah, Roberto Muzzi uh, gets you a point. Um, are we going to get a point against 
Inter. I, th- I don't think this is... I don't think the break's a bad thing for Torino, although we've got a stew in this derby defeat. I think Juric clearly needs... Uh, I mean, there's two questions. One, is he tactically going to change things? Ooh, I'll see. Um, we do have a lot of players banging out of form. It's clear to me that the very least he's just got to be able to get more players around Duvan Zapata and get more service to him. Uh, so I'd be interested to see what he does. I just don't think Inter is... Oh, it's never going to be an ideal fixture. Um, I read in the Gazzetta that Lautaro is only going to be back from Argentina due to about 48 hours for this match. So it's as usual, that'd probably be a hat-trick for Lautaro. Um, but obviously, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a long way off. But I, yeah, I'm going to throw it out there. I don't see Torino getting a point. Uh, I think we will lose uh, 2-0. I think the second goal will come quite late on. I think we will probably see a bit more spirit, a little bit more energy. But I don't see us. Yeah, I'm well, not going to even predict to score a goal. So, for, usually, um, sometimes when we when we play a big club, one of the things I I like to say is that um, Inter got a European game following this game, um, but that hasn't really paid off in the past. It never seems to work. But I'll I'll change that slightly in my mention. Um, and this might be a little bit painful to remember, but had we won this six to last season. We'd have had our own European game to look forward to because obviously we failed to beat uh, Inter on the final day of the season um, with more than one eye on the uh, Champions League final. They won one nil, and yeah, had we won that game, we'd have we'd have qualified uh, for Europe. Uh, obviously, Juventus is and, and Fiorentina's expense. Uh, I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. Into of after starting the season so well, absolutely. Uh, battering Milan in the derby the, the stumbled a little bit lost at home to Sassuolo um, gave away 2-0 lead at home to Bologna and drew 2-all um, they do have this game, Champions League game on, on the, in, in the next week following the game but it's Salzburg at home which I think they would be expected to win um, but I I do think we are going to get some sort of reaction um, so I will go for a 1-1 draw wow so I'm just looking at, I like to do this, I'm looking at the Gazzetta Dello Sport predicted team. So at the Binos team. I mean, that's, um, a, that's an impressive activity to do 10 days before the game where <laughs> all, like the, the entire Inter team will have um, international duty as well. It's great. But we, yeah, we've got Jan Karimar and Nikola Vlasic playing behind Duvan Zapata. Uh, so we'll see. I guess a lot will hinge on, I don't know if you, your friend Bongiorno is going to be back um, just yet. Uh, or whether Sazanov or Zima may be fit, um, which will have a big say in, I guess, where Tameze can play if nothing else. So, but yeah, if we, uh, in, yeah, looking at that, looking at their team, I'd imagine maybe every one of their starting eleven is going to be on international duty. So that that is probably even more of a factor than the um, than the the Champions League game. How many of those are going to be coming back in and sort of firing on full uh, firing on full cylinders? Martins, I think, is the only one who'll be going away to South America. Uh, Sanabria is back in the Paraguay squad as well, which I think has potentially gone under the radar. I'm not quite sure what's happened there, but he uh, seems to have been out of favour and back in. He um, he had an argument with the coach who uh, got fired recently. So that that will be why he's back. But his, I don't know if his scoring record for Paraguay is pretty abysmal. I mean, it's almost as uh, not quite as bad as Thomas Rincon's for Venezuela. It was one in a hundred caps or something. Um, 
Then just to flag, we do have Frosinone in the Coppa Italia on the 2nd of November, which I think... Uh, yeah, I mean, it's Coppa Italia is a bit like the derby, isn't it? It's We just we just wait to be kicked, kicked down every year. But I think if our path takes us to Napoli, which, yeah, I don't want to jump ahead because I think Frosinone are a lot better than we thought they were going to be. Uh, and Napoli, possibly of a change of coach, but Napoli in the Coppa Italia is maybe not looking as daunting as... Um, it was in August, and obviously Cremonese did knock him out last year. But yeah, we're jumping way ahead of ourselves. But yeah, the Copper Italia is on the right. So yeah. So to summarise, summar- summar- what, what, yeah, what I'm worried about though with the Copper Italia is it's going to come at a time where we oh we really need to concentrate on the league, and we'll yeah do something stupid and go out the Copper Italia, which I don't think would be ideal, but. Well, I was just going to say, some of this, this part of the sort of not listened to the whole thing. At the start of it, it was all doom and gloom, and we were talking about how bad Torino are in the derby. I then convinced ourselves that we go in the next four away games, and Peter thinks we go in the Coppa Italia. So if that's not ending you on a, a high note, I don't know what is. Yeah, just tell people that my, what the background on my um, what my call is today, just to cheer you up. So it's a, it's a photo of Lianco. Um, and I don't remember this game. I don't even remember him wearing this shirt. Um, but yeah, he's sort of got his eyes. I, I imagine uh, he's got his hands over his eyes and sort of points out to the referee that he, he must be blind, I assume. He's probably must be on one of his numerous yellow cards that he got for a clear challenge. Did you did you see that clip of him playing in uh, Dubai where he, uh, I'm pretty sure he punched somebody and got a yellow card? Is he playing in... Yeah, he's I thought he'd gone to Turkey. He, no, he, no, 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 no. He's uh, he moved to Turkey, broke down, so he came back, played for Torino. He so he's he flew Southampton, to... mate. Southampton. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That other terrible. That other terrible. Uh, yeah. Team. He um yeah sorry he had his um he, he flew out to Besiktas. Something went wrong. Came back and then played for Southampton on the Saturday in a friendly. Played a couple of our first games um and was was absolutely diabolical and. Uh, yeah, he's gone off to a team in in Dubai. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, I'll try. I'll try and find the uh, the clip of um, him. Yeah, and terrible challenge. Then the player gets up, and I'm not even sure if he gets sent off. But he, he basically just lands a punch on him. Um, good to see that the the money and the lack of competitive football still hasn't changed the man. Yeah, it's, it's good to have Leanco watch. It cheered me up. Um, <laughs> all right, Rob, we'll be back in about two weeks after the Inter game. We all yeah. need a break. We all need to lie down. We've got it off our chest. Let's hope for better times ahead. And um, for tomorrow. For tomorrow.